Welcome to the Advent with Faith Radio podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. We're really being intentional this year for Advent. You can celebrate with us by joining each week for this podcast, reading the Gospel of Luke with us, and participating in the great giveaway. You can find out more information about all these opportunities at MyFaithRadio.com. the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. For the four weeks of Advent, we're bringing you an episode a week about one of the four themes of Advent. And this week, we are talking about peace with Kim Sanders. Kim is a content director, brand manager assistant, and a producer for Susie Larson Live. Welcome, Kim. Hey, thanks for having me, Angie. This is so fun. It's so fun. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, me too. (laughs) This is going to be so good. Uh, So we'll just kind of jump in and get started. Is Advent something that you've usually observed or something that you observe now? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a very traditional Lutheran church as a child. Oh, me too. Fun. And, um, and so, yes. And so, (laughs) you know, I, I observed Advent, but I don't think I really knew anything in particular about what that was. It was just, this is Christmas time. And, you know, we had the evergreen wreath with the candles at the front of the church and every week they lit one and they said whatever was in the liturgy for that Mm -hmm. week. And, um, I guess I don't know that I necessarily connected really deeply with that at the time, but now, um, I attend a non-denominational church. It's very biblical, but it's not liturgical and very contemporary worship style. And so in church, we're not necessarily focusing on Advent. Obviously mm-hmm. the pastors and the, the staff, I'm sure have woven in that theme in certain ways, but it's not so like overt. Mm-hmm. And I found that my heart is actually longing for the the wreath and the liturgy right. mm-hmm. and last year I actually bought an advent wreath and the correct candles and I was like I am going to get the details of this down <laughs> and I've got three different advent devotionals that I'm pulling from and um you know my husband and I both grew up in homes that uh didn't do family devotions um okay. we went to church but that was kind of it. it yeah and my faith is so deepened over the course of my life and I want to establish that rhythm for us. And so it feels a little uh, scary, actually, to be like, okay, honey, we're going to sit down and I have this this little devotional I'm going to read to us. But mm-hmm. I know that, that God is so in it. And, um, and so I just want to get back to that focus in this season. And I feel mm-hmm. like this year has been so scattered in so many ways that to have more tangible places to just grab hold of God and what he's saying in this season is just really important to me. So important. Yeah, I would say that my experience was probably pretty similar. Like I can almost smell the candles. Yes. <laughs> Isn't so, that weird? You can yeah. picture the exact, I, that's what I'm talking about, like getting the exact right ones. I'm like, these are the ones I remember. Mm-hmm. With the purple, right. the white and the yes. purple. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And um, and we would had an advent calendar that had um, little, I don't even remember what exactly was written on them. But uh, it was definitely something that we did, but I think it was more of a traditional thing than a faith thing. Yes. Yep. And so I've tried to incorporate with um, with our boys doing the tradition because, yes, I want that mm-hmm. and incorporating a faith component in with that as well. Yeah. And there are so many, there are so many great 
Advent devotional. So many that I couldn't choose just one. Right. And there are certain ones where, you know, because I feel like I, I'm, I'm a prepper. I need to, I've got my prep here for this conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go into it knowing. And so I'm like, okay, well, this one for this Sunday says this. And I like that part. But this has this verse and that one doesn't have that. I'm going to read this verse too. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of cross-referencing because they're great. They're all great. Yeah. It's hard to choose. In fact, I, I'm not sure that I've even listed anywhere like some of my, maybe I should put that, maybe we'll put that in the show notes. Yes. We'll put some of our favorite devotionals and maybe the ones that you're doing this year. That would be good. Um, Because I think it can feel overwhelming. First of all, if it's something you've never done. And then if you just Google, then it's. Right. And you don't know for sure where it's coming from. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's great. That's fun. I'm I'm so, that's so fun that we get to learn that about each other. Yeah. <laughs> we have similar upbringings. That's interesting. I'm just kind of lost in that right now. Um, so over the years then, how have you experienced peace in your relationship with God? Yeah. So when you asked me to do this, I was like so honored and and excited and you kind of presented all of the themes and I said, I'll do whichever one is available, but the one that sticks out to me is peace. And I think that's because peace doesn't come easy to me. I struggle with anxiety and fear. I'm a doer and a task person. And when I don't get things done, that's another element to it. I don't have peace until everything's checked off the list, which <laughs> let's be honest, life isn't like that, <laughs> but I want it to be so mm-hmm, badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that really has stuck out to me. And as I've walked through my life with God, he's really been there for me, but I have to pause to get there because my mind is not peaceful. It's like a hamster wheel, just going, going, going on to the next thing and the next thing. So the places where I've experienced peace, the first one that comes to mind is Sabbath, because Mm -hmm. I really had to learn how to do that. And, you know, it sounds great. Like, take a day of rest. Okay. But it was actually so difficult for me to do that. And God really, um, he like, I, I don't mean it in a in a forceful way, but he was really heavy handed mm-hmm. with me about it. And it was like more than a nudge. Yes. It was more like a push or it, a shove. It was like, <laughs> I mean, I didn't hear the audible voice of mm-hmm. God or anything like that, but it would come to my mind a lot. Things seemed to be about it. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I started taking a full day at that point in my life. You know, I was single living alone. It was so much easier <laughs> to take a Sabbath a whole day. But I, I remember turning off my phone, telling my loved ones and my family members and friends who maybe were going to get in contact with me tomorrow, I have my phone off. Don't panic if I don't reach you until 4 p.m. or whatever. And um, it took me almost a year probably to get to the point where any of those days felt like they were peace and rest because there was so much anxiety in the back of my mind of what am I not taking part in? What am I not getting done And I remember at one point God said to me, you know, this act of doing nothing that you have this negative connotation of, like you're a slacker or you're lazy, that act of doing quote unquote nothing, it's doing something in your spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And so I would say to myself, doing nothing is doing something. And I need to make that the only task on my mental list for the day. And that is doing something. And eventually I got to the point where I could rest. And I remember one time feeling like it was a real win because of course I'm so achievement oriented (laughs) that even Sabbath is like a win-lose situation for me. Um, And I, it was a Sabbath day. I was by myself in my apartment. I was laying on the couch, just praying and resting and I had my eyes closed, but I wasn't asleep. And I remember, and I'm not the type of person that I can just be thinking nothing. Like sometimes I'll ask my husband, like, what are you thinking about? Nothing. Really? 
how do you do that? And he's like, I wasn't thinking anything. I was just kind of zoned out. I can't, I'm not that person. I don't zone out. <laughs> and I remember laying there and I really was thinking of nothing. And there was this supernatural peace and almost like a heavy, like, I don't know if your family has any quilts, like those oh, yeah, the heavy weighted, blankets. weighted quilts. It was like one of those was on me, but there wasn't. It was like this peace that just held me there. And it was like God was saying, like, just stay right here with me. Don't let the mind wander. I'm right here. And isn't this, it was so tranquil. Mm. And I think, you know, those moments are probably few and far between. Life does have demands and it takes a lot to get there for me. But I know it's possible. I know what it feels like. And even just the memory of that. Mm-hmm. can be peaceful even if i don't actually have that physical sensation again just remembering that it's like i can feel my pace of life just slow for a moment you know yeah well that that he did it once he could yes do it again yeah yeah oh my gosh so much of what you were saying i could relate to like the i've always i always say i'm like if you can just tell me what i need to do to be we'll be great right and and then god's saying yeah but you're a human being yeah not a human doing <laughs> oh <Yeah>. that's gonna <laughs> ring in my head for a while <laughs> well and i also think of i always forget if it's elijah or elisha who was um in the mountain and God waiting for God. Yes. And there was the big earthquake and the big thunder and the big Fire. storm. Yeah. Yes. And God wasn't in any of them. Right. And then there was a gentle breeze and a, a gentle whisper and God was in the whisper. And I think of that a lot because I need to slow myself mm-hmm. to be able to hear the still small voice of the Lord. Yes, right. for sure. There are times where he's shoved and pushed right. to get my attention. <laughs> yeah. But I don't want him to have to do that. I want to be connected like that. So I completely get what you're saying about the having to be intentional about slowing yes. to let him do his thing. Right. And, and I, I think Sabbath too can be um, loaded, oh, another totally. loaded thing for people, because I think for some people to rest, it doesn't necessarily look oh, the yeah. same. It can be totally different. I know some people who, and the seasons of life mm-hmm. can be difficult to adjust to you know that was my pattern x amount of years ago but that doesn't work for me now you know and it won't work for me like i'm married but i don't we don't have any children yet if god blesses us with children that's gonna I, good luck yeah even just on getting couch all day right mm-hmm. and getting the house to yourself for 45 minutes let alone a whole day and <laughs> right. i recognize that um but you know i have I have one friend who their family has been very intentional to establish what Sabbath is for them. And they have two young girls who are very energetic and adventuresome. Their Sabbath is going on family hikes. And when they get to the summit of wherever they're climbing, which not that they're like mountain climbing, Mm -hmm. but, you know, they're climbing these destination. Yes. Wherever they're getting to, then they sing some songs and the girls dance. They've posted these funny little videos (laughs) where the girls are just and it's it's restful. It's not still in the sense of that, of laying on the couch doing nothing, mm-hmm. but they're not thinking about what they have to do and the chores and going to the store and work stuff. They're present with one another and with God, and that's their Sabbath. They might be exhausted at the end of the day physically. Right. Because they hiked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they were with God and their soul found rest. Yes. And that's where I wanted to go to next because I, I think um, it is important to have a Sabbath rhythm in your life. But I think we can also have peace of, of our soul ongoing. Yes. 
So have you have experienced that with like soul peace? Yeah. Soul peace is, um, you know, I think it's something that I wish I had more of. (laughs) I hear that. And and maybe that's everybody, (laughs) you know, I think that life is, you can get really bogged down in the details and the details are rarely peaceful. <laughs> and I'm the type of person that makes a checklist with sub bullet points and then bullet points under those bullet points. And, you know, everything is just more to do. Um, but the soul rest, I think God can do that anywhere and everywhere. And that's the piece that passes understanding from Philippians 4. You know, you could be in the midst of a circumstance that the world says, you should be panicking. You right. should be freaking out right now. How are you so calm right now? And instead, you're like, God's got it. My soul is at rest. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to be focused on what you can do and what God has asked you to do in whatever that situation might be. But your soul, it's like this undercurrent, you know, mm-hmm. is just, it's tranquil. And I don't know, I, I'm working. That's where God's working on it, I think, with me. So are there places or things that you kind of needed to dealt, deal with in your life that has contributed to you having that kind of peace? Yeah. Um, one of the other things that, you know, when you were asking about experiencing peace in my relationship with God and my walk through life, I actually thought about a time when I was really dealing with unforgiveness, mm. <laughs> which doesn't sound very peaceful at all. And it wasn't. Um, I, and, you know, I, I was in a it was in connection with this person at church. We were on the worship team together. We, our lives were pretty close um, just as a team. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of hurt that happened. And I don't need to go into the details of that. But it got to the point where I was really hurt by this person and very angry at them. And I remember like saying things out loud to others like, I can't even be in the same room with him which is totally unforgiveness. And, <laughs> and, um, and it was another t- one of those times where every sermon was about forgiveness and every Bible study I read didn't matter where it was from. There was some verse in there and the Bible's pretty clear. It's like, if you want to experience the forgiveness of God, which is open and available to you, mm-hmm. you need to And how many times others. do you forgive? <laughs> 77 times. Yeah. And it was just, I was fighting it. And then I finally surrendered, but I didn't have that peace yet. It was like, okay, God, I know it's, it's obvious. Like I can't deny that I need to forgive this person. That's really clear. I really want to be able to do that. But I just, I just couldn't, there was like a wall. It was a brick wall, 10 feet deep, you know, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. get there. And I remember even filling a, a journal entry saying in all caps, bold letter. I mean, the pen probably ripped the page like, okay, God, I know you want me to forgive him. How do I do that? Right. I can't figure it out. And some wise people told me you need to be in prayer. You need to stop thinking about the how and just pray and God will speak to you and God well, will and, soften you. Yeah. And that wall that you're talking about, it's not like it all comes down at once. Right. It's like a chipping away brick by brick. Right. It's coming down. Right. I may be pers- speaking from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you're entirely right. And it was, yeah, it wasn't like I had some sort of momentary, like it's not a light switch that just, Oh, everything's good now. Mm-hmm. But I was able to learn and God really, I mean, he was firm about it. You know, it wasn't like, it's okay. Don't worry if you don't forgive him. It wasn't like that, but he was, he was kind, you Mm -hmm. know? And I remember having moments where I would say something to somebody else in a conversation and God would just kind of tap me on the, on the shoulder, give me a little pinch. Mm -hmm. Like, is that what you really wanted to say in that moment? And I got to the point where I would say, you know what? I'm sorry. I have to pause this conversation and backtrack and say, 
I really should not have said that. And I'm sorry. And then internally I would be like, God, please forgive me because I want to learn to forgive this person. And I should not have said that. And it's not fair. And you love this person. And to remind myself to pray for that person, Mm -hmm. even though the things I was praying for, I was like, I don't even want this to happen for them. Like, I'm so angry. I want to pray the verses about bringing rocks down on their heads. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, (laughs) and I'm his vessel. So watch out. (laughs) Yeah, right. I wanted that, that revenge. But I was praying that God would bless him and give him opportunities. And at one point I knew that he was applying for a job and I was praying that he would get the job. And I wanted, you know, selfishly, I wanted pain for that person because Mm -hmm. I had been dealt pain. But God was leading me to pray blessing for that person. And it did soften my heart. And I got to the point where there really was peace. Mm -hmm. I found forgiveness. I can't even explain it. Like I literally have no, if somebody were saying I'm in that place where I'm up against the brick wall, I'd be like, I don't even know how it happened. I just started praying. That's yeah. my advice. Well, and it, I think it's really hard to hate somebody that you're praying for. Yes. Too. Yeah. And to you are reminding yourself through the prayer. Like I would say things like, you, this is a person that you love. This is a person that you created for a special purpose. They have you in them. Because this is a Christian brother that I knew mm-hmm. through church. Like it's not even somebody outside of, he's God's child. Right. And he has the same salvation that I have in Jesus Christ. And I need to love this person the same way that God loves me. Mm-hmm. And it was like a breath of fresh air. It was like I had been holding my breath. My, my lungs were full, you know, stomach expanded with air. And you know that panicky feeling when you hold your breath too long? Mm-hmm, and it was mm-hmm. like exhaling, like every muscle in your body just relaxes. And I, I just, I mean, it, I can't explain it apart from God. But I can be in the room with that person now. We can laugh. We have a great relationship now. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Probably even better than you did before because of what you've gone through. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow. That's so we've talked a little bit about how um about peace how we see peace in the Bible, but how are some other ways that you that you see peace in the Bible? Yeah. I mean, one of the things, you know, I mentioned I kind of struggle with anxiety and fear. One of the things that's encouraging in the word is that I'm clearly not alone. <laughs> God says quite a bit about peace. Right. And he promises peace to those who love him and he promises sleep to those who love him and he he is the, God, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And we have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us, which means we can tap into that peace. And so, you know, I mean, Philippians 4, I mentioned, you know, don't worry about anything. Mm-hmm. And, and then the promise comes, I'll give you peace beyond your understanding, which we, I, you know, I've illustrated a little bit. Like those yeah. are the promises that are in the word for those who love God. And I also think about, um, you know, Jesus being the Prince of Peace, peace should be just obvious in his life when he was on earth in the gospels and think about like the the disciples are panicking they think they're gonna go overboard and drown mm-hmm. and jesus is like where is your faith it's fine <laughs> he's he's so peaceful that he's like kind of almost joking with them mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i don't get the deal like he's it's almost like he's unaware of the water surrounding him <laughs> yeah sometimes i think because we're not in a monarchy so like he's the prince of peace. So mm-hmm. what does that mean that he's the prince of it? He's sovereign over it. It is his mm. to bestow. Yeah. And to to think so when I've prayed, I've prayed, you know, you are you are sovereign of this. You are over this. Mm. Will you please give it to me too. Yeah. <laughs> please bestow it to me. Right. Bless me with it. Yeah, and then I mean the word does say that we're going to have that peace and yeah, like I mean John 16:33, right? That's one of the verses that I pulled out when I was thinking about this, it's like, I have told you that you will have peace and then you're going to come into trials. It's like, Mm -hmm. shoot, (laughs) 
No, 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 no. I want you to tell me I'm going to have peace and then I get to roll around in a field of lilies. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Right. <laughs> but it says trials are going to come, but don't worry. You have the peace. I'm giving you the peace. Mm-hmm. And the we're going to overcome it. <laughs> exactly. And something, so the, um, hope, hopefully you listening are going through the, the gospel of Luke with us. And this week, as, as I was looking at the, the chapters that we have coming up, that we see Jesus healing people and then say, mm. saying, go in peace. And so I was a little nerd alert. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I went to the Greek of what that peace is and it's arena. I think is how you say it. <laughs> um, but it's this tranquil state, state of the soul assured in its salvation through Christ. So fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. So the trials coming that we still mm-hmm. find peace in it. And then it talked about that it came from the verse, uh, Eero, <laughs> meaning to join. And I was thinking about just the visual I had. This is not, I'm, I'm not a seminar, I'm not a professor. So <laughs> this is just kind of my thinking in my head of that as we're joining yeah. to be joined to Christ, that that's where the peace comes from, like that abiding mm-hmm. to the vine. Well, and I think that that's, part, you know, going back to Sabbath, it's, God's always with us. We don't need to make an appointment and drive to the coffee shop and find him and wait for him to show up. He Mm -hmm. is literally like, I can't see him, but he's standing right next to me. He is right here. But when I'm doing my own thing and I'm not thinking about that because he's not physically right next to me, I'm not necessarily tapped into that. I need to mentally be able to be aware of his constant indwelling in our lives. Right. In my life personally. And, and the practice to stop what you're doing for even a nanosecond mm-hmm. and just mentally, spiritually check in. And whether that's to ask some sort of question, I used to think it was kind of, you know, I don't know about you. Like I would take a test in high school and pray, please, dear Lord, let me pass, <laughs> which I mean, it's not invalid, but it's well, not I think even that. The, like the adult version of that might be, please let those test results. Yes. Be yeah. Negative. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I know a lot of people, myself included, like there are times where you send up the help Mm -hmm. and that's all you got. And you're going to, you're going to spend that time listening. It's like you tell yourself like, I'm going to listen for the answer later. Yeah. But God might be whispering right now. Right. Yeah. That makes me think of uh, thin. Have you ever heard of thin places? Yes. The Celtic Christianity thing. Mm-hmm. People, if you Google it, it's woo-woo. It, there's like <laughs> woo-woo people out there about thin places. But yeah, the way that I've experienced, like, so the northern shore on Lake Superior in Minnesota, it's a beautiful place. And when I go there, it's not that God is closer. It's not that it's an actual thin place. It's that I am more aware of God with me, of Christ in me when I'm in that place. And so the challenge then is like with your Sabbath point, how do we find places and spaces in our everyday, in our moment that are those quote thin places where we have an awareness of Christ with us? Right. As you were talking about that, I actually almost pictured like, you know, my idea that Jesus is standing next to me and I have like a window blind drawn down Mm. and then you draw that up and it's not there. Or the difference between a window blind, like we're here in a studio and we have blinds on the windows, but even when the window blind is down, you can sort of see mm-hmm. through it. Like I could still tell that there's a tree right outside this window. It's just not crystal clear. The difference between that and literally a wall, like if there was no window there. Right. That that thinness. 
And it doesn't yes. change that the tree is there. It's not like we move to get closer to the tree. Right. <laughs> it's not like we move to get closer to Jesus because he's literally in step with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's so good. Yeah. And it's difficult to do to, to, I mean, it's like pray without ceasing. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds great. Yeah. But I've got this other stuff to do, Lord. <laughs> well, I've been learning a lot about the, the ING of things, like the mm-hmm. ongoing praying, living Christ in me. He is alive and living. Mm. And that the, because I, I think I'm not totally a person that has to check things off of a list, but I am fairly task oriented. And so I want it to, like I want to do it and yeah. be done yep. and check off. And it's like, no, it's an it's an ongoing. Right. <laughs> well, and I think that that pray without ceasing, for example, is, it's for everyone. But mm-hmm. for me, God is, is saying, you know, that time in the morning that we have together, that's not you're not done praying. Right. <laughs> like, yes, pray there. And you may say an amen and close the Bible and wrap that up. But there's going to be other times throughout the day and it's not necessarily closed eyes hands folded quiet right but it might be that as you're moving from one thing to the next you're just aware and it might not be that you are thinking or saying anything but that you can hear the whisper i heard a pastor uh, preach a sermon once and he talked about like our brains being like a computer where our default is oh lord Mm. oh lord and so to try to get that practice of as as things happen, as you hear of things or people get diagnoses or just your, for your default to be, oh, Lord, for your soul to be continually, even if your mind isn't, to be continually right. connected. And that is peaceful, too. Again, not necessarily the world's definition of peace, not necessarily my definition of what I want that peace to mm-hmm. feel like. But instead of going to catastrophizing and panic and worry and fear and the what ifs. Or the task list of like, well, if that's the confirmation that we got, then this is what we need to do instead of jumping to action. And again, action is not bad. But if you have that momentary pause, Mm -hmm. that is, oh, Lord, instead of, oh, no. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So as we're saying, oh, Lord, what are some like what are some things that we could put our mind on? Yeah. I mean, scripture is something as somebody who deals with fear and anxiety it's this path in your brain that go you go to so quickly. Mm-hmm. And I it's one of those things that I am like after I'm done spiraling and crying and panicking, I'm like, <laughs> why did I even go there? Mm-hmm. Um, which I need to, you know, that's so condemning of myself. I need to no, not do I, that either. But I hear that. I call it awfulizing. Yes. And alone <laughs> in my head unsupervised. Yes. Which can be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And so instead of going there, it's like and it's not Again, it's not going to be something that I'm going to be able to just stop doing full, you know, cold turkey. Mm-hmm. But how can I slow down? And maybe that response time changes or the eventually the response would change to scripture and prayer and maybe even a phrase that is not a full piece of, you know, full verse of scripture, but comes from scripture, mm-hmm. knowing it's a promise that God says, I will give you peace. Are there specific verses that you continually go back to? Yeah, I mean, for the longest time I had um, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 written on my bathroom mirror because um, sometimes getting ready for the day I would start to panic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think, um, you know, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And some of that goes from you say that and saying, Lord, you said 
that you were going to give perfect peace to me, and I do trust you, and help me to fix my thoughts on you. So it turns to a prayer. So Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that I have to have the exact right words, but just knowing what the verse says. Right. In phrases, mm-hmm. if that the makes truth sense. Of, yeah, no, totally. It makes sense. Yeah. And it, so I don't think God needs us to chapter and verse him. Right. He, <laughs> he wrote it. Knows. So. Well, and I get, tri- I get tripped up because, you know, I grew up with one version of the Bible and then found another one. And then when I was in school, you know, I went to University of Northwestern and they had a certain verse that, or version that they wanted us to have. And so like the versions get jumbled in my head, but it's like, well, I know the truth of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The message of it. Yeah. The meta narrative of it. Yes. Of it all. There you yeah. go. And I think you can sum all of that up about, you know, what the word says and what God wants for us in, you know, cast your anxieties on him because he cares. Mm. He cares for you. He cares for me. (laughs) And that's the other thing that I like to do. Sometimes I put my name in some of those promises, like, because you care for Kim. Right. (laughs) Because it it feels separate sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, the wall instead of the blind like you were talking about yeah to kind of pull up and peek and yeah okay you're still there (laughs) yeah well and his love for us is almost unfathomable Mm. yeah i mean if i talk about it for too long i'll start crying yeah (laughs) and it'll be a little bit awkward (laughs) (laughs) uh so what is a favorite christmas memory or tradition that you've had Either now or growing up. Yeah, I thought of two. So is it okay if I share two? Of course. Okay. So the first one is, um, and this is when I was a child, so clearly not COVID. But um, um, my whole family, my mom's side, we would all go to my grandparents' house on Christmas Eve. And we would have a meal together. And then we would go to the candlelight service at church. And they lived, so small little town, Mm -hmm. southern Minnesota, they lived next door to the parsonage. That's how close to the church they were. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and so we would all walk, even if it was really cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We'd bundle everybody up. <laughs> we would all walk to church and attend the candlelight service and sing carols together. And, you know, I'd be snuggled in the pew with my cousins. And um, and then we would come back from that. And then the excitement of the presence and everything. But my grandma was such a woman of faith. And it was so important to her that her family knew Jesus and knew how much he cared for them and that he had come to earth to be with us. And Mm -hmm. so that was the highlight. Even as a kid, obviously we were so excited to open presents and to play with our cousins and all of those things. But even as a kid, the highlight was the church service. And I remember, I mean, like the music was probably obviously at a certain volume, but somehow in my memory, it was just like quiet. Okay. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, no, like tranquil. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and I just, I don't know, I remember that place being just really special. And we went to, I mean, my grandparents would take us to that church every time we stayed over for the weekend or anything like that. It wasn't like we only attended on Christmas, but there was something very, the atmosphere was very special. Yeah, no, I hear that. When the the church I grew up in, we would sit in the balcony, which mm-hmm. we didn't usually, but only on Christmas Eve would we sit in the balcony and when you're talking about bundling up, I remember the feeling because there's always a new, I had a new Christmas dress, Yep. but then you'd have like tights and yes. dress shoes on. So you'd be warm on top, but your legs and your feet were always cold <laughs> yes. in the car. But yeah, the snuggling in, in the pew, the candles during silent night. Yes. And then usually my dad had a peppermint in his pocket and yes. he would hand to it. My grandpa would, um, when they passed the offering plate, he always had a little 
like uh, vinyl type rubbery. It wasn't a coin purse. It was like a little mm-hmm. keychain that if you squeezed it, it would the opening yeah. would open. Mm-hmm. And he always had enough coins for each of us to put some in the plate on Christmas. Oh. And he was like, okay, we're going to give our gift to Jesus. You know? Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I remember getting really excited. Like, ooh, I get to put my quarter in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That is funny. Yeah. But yeah, it's like the feeling of the cold on my legs and the smell of the candles like we talked about. Yeah. It's so interesting. It it can be those traditions and those rituals can be so rich. Like yeah. I think it can make our experience with God richer. Right. As long as it is bringing us back to the Lord, obviously. Right. But yeah. I, I find that those are the things that I, with children now going back to or... Like even if we, sorry, we're getting a little off topic, but even like with communion, I mean, it's yeah. that, it's the liturgy that I go yep. back to yeah, that I remember a lot too. Yeah. And I think that God knows that about us, created us that way. And like, if you're familiar with like the sacred pathways, mm-hmm. like traditionalist is one of those. And like, I don't know if I had stayed in a liturgical church, like traditional church, if that would resonate, but now it certainly does because it's not like my normal every week as a corporate experience. Mm-hmm. So my personal experience is just so rich and God is so present in those things for me. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how to explain it. So you said you had two memories. Yes. Uh, my second one. So I'm in that stage of life where I'm married. We've been married a couple of years, but we don't have kids yet. And we're, st- I think we're still establishing traditions mm-hmm. and it, you know, my husband's family lives in another state. And so the balancing act of families for us is which year, who are we going to Mm -hmm. not trying to fit everybody in? Mm -hmm. Um, and that slows down the tradition building Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little bit. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that, um, we've done, so my husband's family is from San Diego. And so in the years that we've gone there, first of all, I'm away from my family Mm -hmm. and I'm still learning the ins and outs of his family who, are so fantastic, but you know, it is different. It's, it's a different still not dynamic. Your family. Yeah, right. no, I hear that. And, um, and so one of the things that we've done amidst all the hustle and bustle of going to all these places that feel pretty unfamiliar to me, mm-hmm. um, is on Christmas morning because we're on Minnesota time and then we're out on the West coast. We are up before everyone else. <laughs> um, on Christmas morning, we get up, we go and get breakfast burritos because the taco places are open every day of the year. <laughs> Um, and we go down to the beach and we found this one stretch of beach, which is a dog beach. And I love dogs (laughs) and we hold hands and we walk down the beach and it is cold. I mean, it's not as cold as Minnesota, Mm -hmm. but especially in the morning, it's, it might be 40, 50 degrees, but we take our shoes off and feel the sand and maybe even feel the cold water wash over our toes. Mm -hmm. And we walk and we can chat with each other and pray and that place is peaceful for me in the midst of it all. And then, you know, we might be there 25 minutes (laughs) and then we get in the car and we drive back and the rest is crazy and very fun, Mm -hmm. but it's just, it's different. So there's like this rhythm that's, I guess that's almost like a Sabbath rhythm rhythm within the midst. (laughs) Right. And what I love is that it's untraditional. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a tradition that anyone else probably has. No. Well, and so, I mean, I know there are listeners from all over, but we're both from Minnesota. So, Going on a beach at Christmas. I know. Is yeah. Well, and <laughs> totally all the other boring. people who are there because it's a dog beach, they're probably there because they're like, okay, Fido, like get your energy out so that I can go to my Christmas festivities. Right. Yeah. And we are there dogless <laughs> <laughs> walking the beach. Yeah. What a fun tradition. Yeah. That's very fun. Um, and one, one question that keeps coming up in 
uh, all the episodes that we've done is when do you open up presents? You talk, is it after church on Christmas Eve? So, um, unfortunately for me, um, and fortunately for God, my grandma and, and grandpa are in heaven. Mm. Um, and so that, that tradition has changed, um, for our family. I'm an only child, so it's just my parents, um, when it's my side of the family. Okay. So we usually do Christmas Eve is me and my husband and then Christmas Day with my folks. So there's okay. like two stages of opening gifts. Okay. <laughs> but when you were young, it was go to church and then come back and open gifts? Yes. Did you have to wait for, like, we, so same thing, we would go to church and then um, come to our house, but the dishes had to be done. Like, we would eat dinner, <laughs> and then they'd have to do the dishes before we opened presents. I that don't remember mean. that. Um, there may have been, like, a small gift. Oh, we did stockings. I, you know what? Now that you say that, I am almost 100% sure that my grandma was in the kitchen while we opened stockings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she was probably doing dishes. dishes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christmas is such a special time of year. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, because it is Emmanuel, it is God with us, but the fun family traditions, too, that go with it. Yeah. So, And I think that it's interesting because, you know, even those in our family who aren't walking real actively with the Lord, it's a place where they're open mm-hmm. and where people that you may, in your own mind and your own observation of them say, I don't know if they believe in God. And they seem kind of shut out to, you know, they're shutting the church out. They're shutting God out. But on Christmas, I don't know, like I've seen family members cry during a hymn Mm -hmm. or be very attentive to a sermon. (laughs) And you wonder, I think that they are connecting here and there's some other place and that can be dealt with in the Lord's timing that's holding them from a full surrender. But Christmas is such a special place where... If you have even an inkling of this might be real. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was great. This was so fun. Well, if you would like to join us in reading through the book of Luke or for the great giveaway, you can find out more about those at MyFaithRadio.com. I am so glad that you joined us today. And the Advent theme that we'll be talking about next week is joy. I hope you'll join us. Oh, come, oh, come in And ransom captive Israel That mourns in lonely exile here Until the Son of God appear Shall come to thee